Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Before we start today's podcast, a quick heads up on Sherlock's VIP Club. From restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sherlock's partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit sherlocksvip.com. Welcome to the Sherlock's Highlights podcast with me, Georgie Korichkol. This week, I'm joined by Lou Huff, Heather Steele and Georgina Blasky. Morning, ladies. Hi. Hi, Lou. Hi. How was your weekend? Oh, it was so nice. I feel like I've had a little mini break. So where have you been? Tell us. It was my boyfriend's birthday yesterday. So we went to a hotel in the Cotswolds called The Rectory. And I felt like we were in the south of France. It was so amazing. The weather has been obviously incredible. Oh, it was absolutely perfect. It's in the most gorgeous grounds. They've got a pool. So we just sat by the pool and ate and drank and read and had such a lovely time. It's a really, really beautiful hotel. If anyone is looking for somewhere to go. It's like an hour 20 on the train from London. And where exactly is it? It is near Malmesbury. And good value? Really good. Our room was 140. Which good. I think is really good. Because mm-hmm. some of those Cotswolds... Yeah, yeah. pushing well over holes. Yeah, getting yeah. quite pricey yeah. now, aren't they? No, it was really lovely. And just having one night, when we went kind of first thing on Sunday, so we kind of made the most of two days. And it was perfect. Yeah, we often do a Sunday night. I love yeah. a Sunday night. And it's always more reasonable. Yeah, yeah. yeah much yeah. more. Sometimes they want you to stay two nights if you yes. do on a Friday. When yeah. it's Sunday, you can just do one night. Actually, still busy two days. Yeah. And it was just super relaxing. Either, yeah. And they've, yeah, they've got really gorgeous gardens. And they had like croquet on the lawn. And oh. It was just so nice. I have seen so photos of it before it. Yeah, and yeah the, I saw your Insta stories. And I think the potting shed, which yeah. I think we've talked about quite a lot on some of our kind of pub roundups, mm. I think it's owned by them and it's just kind of down the road. Mm. So you've also got a really lovely pub. A bit like Barnsley House, which I also yes. really recommend. A bit more expensive, but they also own the village pub down the road. Yeah which is more reasonable for a night away and again really good food yeah. so. so you can stay in the pub and then use the hotel facilities and things well it's owned by the same people mm. that own Corkett Manor but Barnsley doesn't have as many facilities but it's kind of a bit more grown up less children not such a sort of family destination but it's really lovely I just love the Cotswolds yeah it's I mean, just, I just so perfect I felt yeah. very British but it was just perfect so yeah really highly recommend it Good tip. Thanks. What else have people been up to? Heather, I'm looking at you. Yeah, all I've been doing is watching the football. I've got, like, massively into it, which I always forget I do, because I don't really like watch normal club football unless it's sort of on and there's nothing else to do. But, yeah, I've been watching even the non-England games. I've just been... Have you? Yeah. I think because my boyfriend's really into it and so are our friends, so there's a really good pub around the corner from where I live in Brighton, and it's quite small and it's not too busy, and they've just got it on, and it's just a really nice atmosphere, especially... Especially when it isn't an England game, people are just kind of picking which side to go for and there's not as much at stake, so it's true, just quite true. enjoyable. You don't have to watch it, you know, like a hawk, you can kind of More have a, a drink and a chat. More of a social get-together. Exactly, yeah, I've been really enjoying it. Well, I agree. So we, uh, having watched the England match on Saturday with the kids, and actually that was quite interesting. Instead of sitting in a pub with loads of pints around, <laughs> I was sitting watching it with the kids with a cup of tea. But actually it was really good. And then switched over immediately to see the Russia-Croatian. Exactly. Who are we going to be playing? Yeah. And then that went to penalties. And yeah. actually, it was really fun watching penalties. And I'm not a football fan, but watching penalties where you're not the team. Yeah. Just Who have, are we going to be playing? We're playing Croatia. Croatia. Okay. Actually, I think I did know that. I, did, yeah. I, I knew you did. So you'll okay, be watching it then. Yeah. Well, we've got focus group number two happening tomorrow night. So oh, we're yeah. doing two focus groups. You know, dig a bit deeper into yeah. what our readers want more of and less of and where they want us to take the business next. Um, so we've got our first 
first focus group tonight and then another one tomorrow I was like god I hate people are going to come to football and then we actually realised that perhaps not all show ducks readers are obsessed with the football yeah. although they I'd might quite enjoy like to watch it. it I'm not going to lie I would quite like to watch it well, they probably will enjoy the opportunity to escape maybe yeah. and talk yes. about things they're more interested in yes maybe it's a good excuse <laughs> I sort of feel I went to Wimbledon as I talked about last week on the podcast but I sort of feel that Wimbledon's been a bit eclipsed by the football. It's quite bad planning, isn't yeah. it? I mean, I imagine the two bodies aren't that in touch. Well, no. the final's going to be a problem. Yeah. I know. Although I think they're staggering it, aren't they? Yeah. Are so they? The football at four and the men's finals at 2.30 yeah. or something. When it's you, a bit of a shame, it is, though, isn't it? When you said you switched over on the channels to then watch Croatia, I thought you were going to say I switched over to then watch tennis because well, I did. Edmund well, was playing so Djokovic. So we watched a little so bit I watched in between. That oh, <laughs> I was completely hooked on that. Like, I haven't really looked watched the football at all, but Wimbledon has got me. Like, I was also lucky enough to go on Tuesday last week and I actually saw Edmund and Djokovic separately, so then to see them come together. That's nice. Oh, oh it was so good. I was screaming at the TV. Yeah. I was down, I was clapping. I literally loved it. So yeah, that's where my heart is. is. Well, I'm going on Friday to the men's semis. Which oh, I just you? Yeah. How have you wrangled nice. that? Don't tell me it was the ballot. It was the ballot. What? what? Yeah, it was the ballot. So we did our form back in December and then got our tickets. So last year we got men's final, but we were on holiday because they changed the dates. Oh my God. Was that the ballot Wimbledon? again? That was the ballot again. You're very lucky. Bloody hell. Oh, I yeah. hope Emma needed so some lucky. ammunition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We hope we'll see. Well, I hope I'll be seeing the and Djokovic yeah that's Federer is... still in yeah yeah yeah. Federer so all the greats I mean to me the men's semi is a better day than the final because yeah. you get the best four yeah. and a nice lunch and lots of strawberries and yes. lots of pins and it's a Friday day. that's awesome and you only had the final last year and the semis this year and that was in the ballot yeah do you know someone in the inner circle I just send off my self-addressed envelope like everybody else and amazing wow. exactly me well I've got to get on it again this year TV wise is anyone watching anything other than Love Island I've also started watching Safe, which I think I'm a bit behind on. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? I'm really enjoying the storyline. Yeah. I'm so appalled by the acting. Yeah. And it's so dreadful, isn't it? Oh my God. I mean, the first one I was like, is this a joke? I think I loved it because I felt like I was watching EastEnders. Yeah. I don't love EastEnders, but I just found it so amusing. Yeah. But the storyline's enough to kind yeah, it's, of push it's it through. Me. I'm still, you yeah. know, I want to keep going because I want to find out what's yeah. going on. It's about this man, this widow, whose daughter goes missing. And they all live in a gated community so it's meant to be a safe area. Yeah. Uh, and it was sort of pitched to me, I think by Charlotte, I'm going to blame Charlotte, she's not in the room, as the next sinner. Well, I mean, it's not a patch, obviously. No, and I sort of gaily watched the first episode and a half and thought, oh, this is really good. Slightly in denial about the acting, but I yeah. still agree. And then it was Tor who was like, it's absolutely <laughs> shit. And then I thought, yeah, actually she's got a point. Yeah. And I haven't gone back to it. I think it's worth persevering with. I watched it all in like two days because I was going to be writing about it for the site. But I think if it was something that was on once yeah. a week, I'd have given up by sort of week three. Like, the episodes aren't that long and there's only eight. So yeah. we watched it basically on our train journey, sort of a couple back yeah. to back. I, mean, I sort of think though, if you see. put something down after a couple of episodes and you don't want to keep watching, actually your yeah, time can it. be better spent elsewhere I yeah. think that's quite a good indicator I reckon with that read the book I haven't read it myself but if it's exactly the same storyline without the dodgy yeah. acting but I find sometimes when you watch a series there's kind of a few middle episodes that are a bit dead so the first one gets you and then kind yeah. of two or three might be a bit sort of scene setting and character kind of backstory building. character mm. building and then suddenly like three or four it'll just like take off again Yeah. so sometimes it's worth sticking with I've also been watching The Fashion Fund on your recommendation amazing in the gym I think if you're not not into fashion. Oh no, I, don't I, I think you. you could gloss over on yeah. various bits by Madrid. I have to say, I did go and see Ocean's Eight last week. How was it? Not great. Yeah. Not well cast. Kate Blanchett kind of looks the part, but she doesn't sound the part. And Sandra Bullock, I feel like she's done those. I kept thinking of sort of miscongeniality. Yeah. It just felt quite forced. Yeah. The only thing that was amazing is that it's set at the Met Ball and the celebrities that they get, oh, really? Really? how they got them all in it, and whether they had to pay them or not. I mean, Serena Williams, yes. to Katie Holmes, to like Zach Posen, who's sitting on the table wow. next to Katie Holmes and I think says nothing. Like, I know, it's an amazing That's lineup cool. of people that are in the film. It's a really good cast. So it's quite cool in that sense. But yeah, it's not great. Those big all-star casts, they quite often disappoint. Yeah, they mm. do. Especially when it feels so forced being the fact that this is an all-girl film and yeah. yay to feminism and all that kind of stuff. But actually... 
It just doesn't feel natural. I watched them on Graham Norton. Oh, so did I. Oh my God, and they were so overexcited. I was just like, just <laughs> let each other speak and like let Graham talk to you. It was terrible. I know, it's such women. Yeah. Really, isn't it? My husband always says, that when you go out with your school friends, it's like, none of you are listening no, to each not. other. <laughs> You're all just shouting over each other yeah. and everyone's so excited to get their voice. Yeah. <laughs> it just gets louder and louder and louder. Anyway, we all think we're having a lovely time. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you do remember the information because men go out just to make a mass general my husband goes out with his uni mates and he comes back and I go so how's so and so and what's so and so's wife doing and how many did they have another baby and he's like I don't know I know I love that, that. Ready for that I don't know and I said, like, what have you talked about for the last four hours well football they're going cycling what really just chat yeah. so, yeah. I had this exact same conversation with some male friends the other day and I was like when my boyfriend goes out I'll always ask exactly the same questions and mm. he's like we just don't talk about things like that and yeah. I was like we're not really how are you <laughs> how is that I've got friends who are like how is that meeting that you were talking about I mean oh. it never goes that deep mm. they do I think occasionally one on one but not in a group I asked my boyfriend a similar question because his best mate's getting married and I was like oh how are the wedding plans coming along like they didn't even talk about it no. at all I think when they do talk about those things they actually get so much out of it though and there have definitely been times over the years where we've known that friends are going through a difficult mm-hmm. time and my husband will go and I'll say you need to go out for a drink with him and you need to talk about that and I know that they always get loads out of it but it takes one of them to be quite brave yeah. and take the conversation to a place yeah. that they don't normally go to I really encourage that. Yeah. And do you think if you didn't encourage that, that would happen naturally? No. But I think men are so bad at making plans. That my husband, he's like, what are we doing this weekend? Oh, I hate it. <laughs> yeah. like, well, actually nothing. So you said nothing. We never do nothing at the weekends. <laughs> I was like, well, that's because I always plan it. And sometimes I'll plan things and he'll go, well, you didn't put that in my diary. Do you realise how much I plan without putting yeah, everything yeah. in your diary? <laughs> But then the, on the flip side of that, I quite envy that idea that you just meet and talk about sort of nothing really in particular because sometimes you can come back from meeting with people and it can all be like, oh, you're so exhausted. Oh my God, it's exhausted. I'm yeah. drained and I went feeling quite upbeat yeah. and I sort of walked away feeling completely exhausted. I think sometimes just so it's quite nice to have a bit of chat. You want to talk about those things that sometimes you just really don't. You just want yeah. to something lighthearted. And what's going on Love Island? There oh. we go. <laughs> it's quite good, isn't it? I have to say. Last night was a bit boring. I guess the people who went, it was kind of obvious. Yeah, I'm yeah. really sorry for her. I wouldn't be surprised if she goes. What do you think? Yeah. Do you know Ken earned 1.2 million? I mean, I'm not surprised. He's everywhere. I mean, wow. And him and Chris have got a new show coming up. It looks yeah. awful yeah, in the adverts. I'll obviously watch it. But, but I mean, that is big. I mean, I've sold the 50 grand yeah. prize money yeah. or whatever it is. I mean, that is huge. That's money. what they're in for. That's why people yeah. like Adam stayed in, even though he might have actually wanted to go when Zara left, because the longer you're yeah. in, the more chance you have Personality at the end of selling are. protein shakes and teeth whitening strips. But then how, how long does that last for? Is that kind of a year, and then a year later it cuts by half, and then you spend honest, it all on your back? I think, I think that'll so. be the odd. I mean, there's definitely the odd sort of presenter now, and you forget that actually they rose to fame. Mm. Jeff Good. Celebrity He's still doing those yeah, people's, people's yeah. postcode lottery adverts. I mean, <laughs> Lorraine, there's a the market for a car on Lorraine, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. I have to say, I thought Josh and Kaz were really sweet. Yeah, really sweet. And when he was getting all that stick for Georgia, for splitting up with Georgia, I was like, he just not meant to be. No, he no. did the right thing. He, and he did the right yeah. thing, and I was quite on his side yeah. for some strange reason. And I feel sorry for him um, that he was then in the bottom three last night. Oh, that I was know, a I shock. Did, so I think they're really genuine, those yeah. two. And he yeah. was so excited. Georgina, this is such boring chat. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I, I, I am still so the excited. only person in the country not watching that. No, there's Island. one or two. There were three on the desk. There was a weekly catch up, actually, I recorded, and I did think maybe I should watch that before I come on the podcast. And I thought, no. Don't do it. I bet you next year you change your tune. I don't have anything against it. I just have a thought. It's just one of those things on the list. I'm no, I know. Hmm. I know, but I do know a few people this year who are like, in fact, someone who's at our conference, she was like, no, I mean, no. And I was like, give it a shot. She sent me a text the other day. She was like, okay, I'm officially <laughs> Yeah. So we got home last night to some friends who came to Ibiza who'd sent us a thank you letter with two water bottles oh. with Josie and Georgie. Amazing. <laughs> I was like, I felt like I'd the lottery last yeah. <laughs> This is literally the last thing ever. On the subject of screen time and what we're watching, believe it or not, in fact, I actually couldn't believe it that one in four children under the age of six owns a smartphone. I can't believe that. And with growing research suggesting excessive phone use could be contributing to mental health problems in young people, should parents introduce a screen time curfew or should the government? I was pretty shocked at one in four. Georgina, your children are... 12 and 9. And I imagine they both have a phone by now no they don't so my 
daughter, who's the older one, she has an iPhone, actually quite a nice one, the same model as mine, that was given to her by her grandfather when he upgraded his phone. So by default, she got this phone. You've got quite a modern father. My father-in-law. Okay. Yeah. And it was great in a way, but obviously when she got it, actually she didn't want to turn it on for the first few months. I think she was a bit scared about opening the sort of Pandora's box of this smartphone. She was quite aware of what she was getting into. My son has oh. her old iPod, which is as basic as basic can be. So sort of things get passed down to generations. And I think that happens a lot with families. I've seen that where the parent gets an upgrade, gives mm. it their handset down. So I can see why that statistic actually might be true. I don't think people are running out buying their kids' smartphones. Why would you buy an iPod when you've got an iPhone lying around that's not being used? You but can... an iPod's for what? Music? Basically, an iPod is every app. Because either... iPods have come on since my yeah. day. Yeah. So an iPod now is basically everything your phone does without being able to make a call. So you can, you can send have an WhatsApp, email, email oh, oh. iMessage, everything, everything. It's a smartphone without oh. ability to make a call. That's but surely amazing. that's just as bad if not worse than a phone because actually making a phone call is the best thing to do on telephone exactly mm. yeah so For in which case I'd rather they had a phone and what rules do you have around their usage of the phone because you know a big concern is the effect it can have on children's sleep and obviously the yeah. blue light and that then impacts their mental health with that in mind yeah so I would say my view is that screen time and social media is definitely the biggest threat to young people's mental health right now above and beyond anything else and I think because you say the impact of self-esteem, someone gave me a really interesting quote, which was to do, and I think about this with my daughter and using Instagram and things, it's comparing your insides with someone else's outsides. So what you see and how that makes you feel mm. is just not a real representation of anything. As we know as adults, it's the yeah. picture in the moment, but it's not the truth. But for a developing mind, obviously, they don't know that. And then secondly, it's the sleep. So in our home, all phones are charged downstairs. And actually, it's been really important that I've had to sort of lead by example on this. So you charge all your phones downstairs? Charging phones downstairs, no phones in bedrooms, no screen time, not TV. I'm talking about devices. They stay an hour before bed. I would say by the time homework's done in our house, that's more like half an hour before bed. Because they do go, oh, I just want some free time. I just want to message a friend or I want to play on a game for a bit. And if that's at half past seven, then I'm not really going to say no, actually. I'll and is that them. what they would be doing? They would be texting friends and playing games? So they use their phones well I say phones but you know iPods yeah. phones, in a completely different way so my son will be on a game maybe linked up with other friends on his iPod yeah he's only got a couple of games that do that whereas my daughter will be using social media okay so what they get out of it is completely different but I think the rules and the boundaries are fundamentally the same not too close before bed and definitely no phones yeah. in rooms but the new kind of curveball that we've had recently is the girls using phones at parties so one girl who has a pool had a pool party and us mums on a WhatsApp group were kind of saying, can we not have any phones at the party? Because you know what? Yeah. They're 12. Someone just needs to take a photo, post it on social media of them all around, yeah. you know, prancing in and out in their bikinis. I don't know really if they'll all have consented to that. And it's just a whole new world. Of, um, yeah. Yeah. That makes me so feel nervous. Yeah. Yeah. And since I, they have sleepovers and I have to go up there and be like this horrible, draconium, everyone hand in your phone, please, which oh, I hate no, doing. No, and my I daughter think, looks yeah. at me like, oh, eye-rolling. But she's also secretly glad I'm doing it, I yeah, think, because yeah, totally. it's not that I want them to necessarily go to sleep early. I just don't want them on their phones. I want them to talk to each yeah. other and giggle into the night like we used to do. Yeah. So they have Instagram and things like that? Yeah. Okay. Instagram and Snapchat chat and there are loads more I don't even know about but I check her phone regularly and you do police it things like kids YouTube do you make them use that no I put parental controls on but parental controls I find really tricky because there are like so I've restricted movies obviously you can age control what they see but you know when they're 10 they watch 12 films when they're 12 they want to watch 15s and then things like she likes to go shopping on Amazon for kind of arts and crafts and she can't get onto a shopping e-commerce site if you've got parental controls really yeah because you so do you think... have a bank account and be oh, over a certain okay. age so you have to, so it's really hard actually it's not as black and white as you so do you think hope. parental controls work then because I always think the internet is full of illegal shit mm. so surely parental controls are there just to be broken no? Well, I guess it's like anything, isn't it? Yeah. Rules are made to be broken. And how do you feel about the government imposing some kind of social media curfew for children or some kind of social media age verification system onto their phones? 
Well, I feel like you should have that control as their parent, or would you be happy for it to be a bit kind of nanny state? I mean, personally, I think it's a bad thing. Yeah, I kind of agree. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think parents need to be parents. They need to take control of the situation. And I think all too often, if things feel complicated or difficult or are going to create arguments, it can be hard to enforce. So in one respect, actually, it's quite nice if it's taken out of your hands, because then you can just... You're not the bad guy. You're not the bad guy. You, yeah, you can just... Yeah. yeah, good cop, bad cop, I suppose. I don't know. It's just really difficult. But I think this whole ticking the box, because a lot of it is 13 plus, they just tick a box. Are you over 13? Well, anyone yeah. can tick that box. Yeah. They can read yeah. and they can read when they're five. It's like so it's irrelevant. Are you over 18? Yeah. yeah, you just have to put your birth date in. It doesn't take long yeah. to work. Exactly. Yeah. And do you make them earn screen time? No, I do the opposite. So they start with their screen time and it gets taken away. So I work it the other way around. If you don't do that, you won't be going on your device later. And would they go on it every day? I say my son is, I think, I don't know if this is a, a more of a boy thing. Yeah. I think boys are very addictive to gaming well, gaming is addictive and boys game mm. more don't they yeah so I think that he is more likely to seek it out and to want to do it and to kick up a fuss whereas my daughter she'll have a couple of days off actually well she sounds like she's got her head screwed on I'm going to be coming to you in a few years going help what do I do <laughs> at the moment I've got a seven year old who just wants to watch Eminem Kinder Egg unveilings and absolute <laughs> nonsense like that on YouTube in fact that my two Eminem I've been a rapper, rapper. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a show that sounds no. very interesting <laughs> two of them came into the office yesterday because my nanny had to take the baby to a music class and Rich was a bit horrified that Coco was sitting here with her Kindle watching YouTube videos and I mean it will literally be someone unwrapping a kinder egg or dividing up their M&Ms into different colours and putting them in there's a name I mean, it's for that I can't remember what it's called absolute drivel that's what, <laughs> yeah that's what it is but I mean they are just absurd <laughs> the worst one I think is when my son so he watches more YouTube than TV which I think is quite a common mm. progression in screen time for that age group and he spends more time watching people playing and reporting on video games than yeah. playing the video games even though he has them so yeah. I know why are you watching this it's just really interesting is it? <laughs> wouldn't you rather do the game yourself it's like when a friend comes over and you have to take turns and the bit where you watch the other friend's really boring really boring but that's like us watching you know smoky eye tutorials I mean how many do you need to watch <laughs> there is something quite or let me unbox my Zara shopping it is really yeah. <laughs> but, you know there's something strangely therapeutic and hypnotic about it isn't it I, I've never thought of it like that but okay well let's talk about things that we should never post on social media because even the most social media savvy amongst us, your daughter in particular, Georgina, are allowed to be guilty of a few indiscretions here and there. But with stalking and identity theft on the rise, not to mention the fact that 70% of employers now snoop on potential candidates' profiles, why only 70%? What idiots the other yeah. person are? It's well worth reassessing before you press post. So to help keep you and your job prospects safe, we put a list together of 10 things you should never share pictures of or statuses about. Well, number one was your job, your boss and your colleagues. I mean, some of these were quite obvious. Very obvious. Your bank cards and documents, just in case you thought it was a good idea to take a picture of your I credit card and put it on social media. I've seen it before when people have been like, woohoo, I've got these gig tickets and they're there like, you know, holding them and yeah, not realising that That's it's so got true. things your like Your seat number, t- your yeah, name. Your- but even like your name and address, like little things like that yeah. that I've seen people do and it's like, I can see where you live. Yeah, when people post like airplane tickets when they're obviously about to mm. get on with their passport I always try and look at what seat they're in to be like oh, oh. which class are you in <laughs> <laughs> yeah. your holiday plans actually my husband is a bit neurotic about things and he's don't put that you're on holiday on social media. I'm like, I kind of got to. Because you're on a work trip or you've got a media rate or something. I'm like, gotta do what you gotta yeah. do. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to do it when you get back. You feel really depressed you weren't there anymore if you're doing it a week later. Yeah. yeah. Kind of... Also, social media is supposed to be real time. <laughs> yeah. It's so, called instant. Yeah. For yeah. Reason. yeah. <laughs> Not I'm back home here. I'm like, I know. So, holiday plans. What else? I quite liked the your beef and dirty laundry, which again sounds obvious, but when I was on Facebook, one of the things I used to love was when other people would post kind of cryptic things like about so-and-so doing something I did used to actually quite enjoy reading. What, having a row with a boyfriend or something? Yeah, or something and you could see it all unfolding. I quite actually enjoyed that. (laughs) (laughs) Other things were your children's information. We talked about that a lot, whether you should 
put this in your children on social media, your password hints and your quiz and game results. Well, I'm not in the world of Farmville or no. Game of Thrones characters, but sounds pretty boring. Why does that matter? Yeah. Well, I think a few years Just ago, wasn't it, when that Farmville yeah. first came out, I remember my whole feed was people posting stuff constantly about their results and yeah. what cow they'd bought or something, and it was just boring for I, everyone else. I think a lot of this obviously is about like your safety, but a lot of yeah. it's just really boring. Yeah, who exactly. really cares? Exactly. <laughs> well, actually, I think when someone who has their sort of perfectly curated Instagram feed suddenly does post the kind of, here's a picture of me in my bikini, yeah. and actually here's the picture of me from a different angle in my bikini. Mm-hmm. I quite like when someone just goes, oh my God, I've had an amazing holiday, but here's my six piles of washing that I've now got to do. And it's just that slight kind of, oh, you know, let's just have that little reality check yeah. now and again. So I don't like everything too perfectly curated. Well, yes, I think the moral of that story is... Be sensible. Yeah. Yeah. Don't post when you're drunk. Yes. That's about 80% of social media posts. I think you see it? a lot of spelling errors on stories when people are drunk and then people have then obviously commented and they'd be like, I actually meant this. Yeah. yeah. And how many people wake up the next day and they're like, oh God, I felt that on my stories. Yeah, how many people have seen it? How many people have seen it? What I did quite like in this piece was about the whole extend the same courtesy when it comes to photos and videos of friends too. So yeah, like don't post something of them, you know doing something awful yeah just because you look good and they yeah, don't precisely. <laughs> yeah precisely yeah. well that's a great friend of me yeah. 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 on an etiquette note when you're in a long term relationship there's no avoiding the inevitable interrogation about when your other half might pop a question but according to Charlotte our recently engaged fashion editor this line of questioning simply isn't on clearly Charlotte had it a lot yeah I mean she thing. has been talking about her impending wedding as long as I've known her, which is nearly a few years now, I think. So, you know, every time she went on holiday, which is quite often, I was like, oh, she's going to be engaged. Yeah. Come back, any news? No, 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 I never asked her. But were you asked a lot, Georgina? We got engaged after we'd been together for two years and we got married after we'd been together for three. So it wasn't a long, 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 long time. But I did actually say to my husband when he was my boyfriend, don't ask me to marry you on holiday ever because I don't want to go on every holiday thinking oh my god this could be it and I don't want everyone like you just said when you come back and they go so and they look at your hand <laughs> and you're like uh, no I mean in the end he actually did um, propose to me on holiday but uh, <laughs> no, that was good because I wasn't expecting it because yeah. I thought it would just happen sort of at home where one were day. you where were you on holiday I was on a pedalo in Mallorca <gasps> yeah so he got down and won the on a pedalo which was pretty impressive Skillful. and you just yeah. didn't end up in the water no but actually as he came away from the pedaling <laughs> and said oh come on, let's just sit on the back and have a chat and I was like oh my god can you re-angle this I'm in the shade I need to this <laughs> I really had no idea. And then he got money and I was kind of started, yeah, far palpitations and all the excitement. But I didn't get asked too much because okay. we worked together for years and years and years and years. How long have you been with your boyfriend? Two and a half years, but nobody asks me. I think I've always been quite vocal saying I don't really know if I want to get married. So I think my mum's just kind of now accepted that that's probably not going to happen. So it doesn't bother asking. No? We get it a lot. We've been together for eight years, so... Oh, you must get it all the time. And I think especially at this age, like a lot of friends are getting engaged and getting married. So yeah, people ask a lot. And I think it's okay to think it in your head like you're saying you know you're thinking when Charlotte goes away is it going to happen that's fine I thought it when you went away I'm not going to lie in the article Charlotte references like what are you going to say yeah he's planning it like next Tuesday yeah like you're you're not going to be told if it's going to happen exactly and I think it does make you feel quite pressured or or that people think that you know it's time for you and makes you then question it and question your relationship and another thing I think again that Charlotte mentioned is a lot of people may be in a really unhappy relationship and they may be like thinking about breaking up or things like that which you know, you don't want to just talk to someone about it. Yeah. I think it's fine to kind of talk to your girlfriends about it, but it's out of our hands. So. Yeah, I also think it's a funny question to ask a girl. Yeah. yeah. Because she hasn't got a bloody clue. No. Because if she knew, she'd be engaged by yeah, now. Yeah. So I just think it's a yeah. weird thing. It's just so personal. I think it's yeah. along the same lines of asking somebody, are you going to have a baby? That's the one I think you are asked. I mean, this is. are what, you going yeah. to get engaged? I always, I didn't know I was asked all the time because as I said, it wasn't something that I knew the answer to. Yeah. Other than we had to have a conversation. I think I'd cried a few times when <laughs> we hadn't asked. <laughs> but when um, someone else got asked, and you're well, like, oh, well, that puts me back. Are you ever going to ask? <laughs> yeah. 
No, because I lived with four of my friends, so that was never really an issue. But I definitely went to a few weddings. Yeah. It's like a few, but few too many glasses of champagne. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other um, thing I think. And a couple of holidays. I'm not like, yeah. one holiday he really bigged up. And then we got there second night, and I was but as a woman I think that are you going to have a baby is the question that people ask this you this is what my so my sister's six months pregnant now uh, she's been married for five years but pretty much yeah those whole five yeah. years she's been asked constantly like not by my parents but just by her work especially I think she's yeah. just getting sick of it in the end and she was like what if I've been trying for these last five years and it hasn't gone anywhere? Like, it's such an insensitive thing to ask. And she's only 28 now, so it's not like, you know... Yeah. And I don't men don't get asked. Well, When you go to start a family. But then at least with the baby, that is your decision. Yeah. It's your body. Whereas getting engaged isn't your choice. And obviously Mm. there are some women who really want to get engaged and want to be proposed to. And there are some that are a bit more relaxed and like, well, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But like Charlotte, says it's not uncommon for one half of the couple to be ready to march up the aisle long before their other half yeah. so you know what if you're asking somebody who's just dying to yeah, get married yeah. and he just hasn't asked yet that must be quite yeah. upsetting I do think though one thing I will say is it does only come from a good place definitely yeah. people mm. don't ask it to be bitchy or insensitive yeah. they're just like yeah. yeah. You know, I think some of us are better at keeping quiet yeah. than others, and perhaps not so good. So <laughs> no, I think you're right. You know, I might say to a girlfriend, "Oh, do you think you'll start trying soon?" Or mm. I mean, I wouldn't say it to random, but no, of course, you know, it's different when it's someone you're right. you know extremely. Yeah, well you're right. And I think most of us have a bit of an instinct for a situation that where it might not be happening. And- Hopefully you're sensitive to that. Yeah, but yeah. I'm yeah. a bit like... Yeah. <laughs> but I imagine it must be quite frustrating for the guy if he is planning it and then everyone keeps saying that to you oh, yeah. your partner and then he'd be like, I want to be a surprise and you've kind yeah. of, you've got something going mm. in her head. My brother actually, and he does listen to the podcast, as does his wife. <laughs> as does his Hi. wife. I and there we go. He did actually storm out of my house and stand at the front door and not come back once. <laughs> what, because you asked Because her. I was like, come on, Benji, when are you going to get on with it? And he was like, I've had enough this from a literally <laughs> we were all on it we all just like her so much we wanted him to hurry up and make her a college call but anyway he'd had enough so he stormed out and come back anyway he does not laugh about it now we all laugh about it and then how long after that did he get engaged not that long okay so maybe because he was planning it already I think he just wanted and my husband was the same you know financially maybe it's traditional whatever but financially he wanted to be in a position where yeah. Yeah. he was like you know you're quite high maintenance can't afford you yet <laughs> so my brother who's older than me he proposed to his girlfriend in Venice and he said to us about two weeks before so I'm going to Venice and I'm taking Roz and when I'm there I'm going to ask her to marry me and I just couldn't believe he had told us did he? yeah I thought it was you really... quite like his honesty, though. I know, well, he's pretty upfront like that, but it was just really funny. Maybe he felt Because normally it's like, shrouded <laughs> it in secrecy. Mm. So, of course, then we're all sat there going, well, they're away for three days. Haven't heard anything. Yeah. Maybe she said no, what's happened? Oh. And eventually we got the call, yeah, we're engaged. Phew. It was kind of like, okay. I also think, you know, women are better at talking about their feelings. So I always think for a man to do it, he's got to be so ready and yeah. up for it. Yeah. Like Josh and the <laughs> <laughs> It's also bloody expensive to get married. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. I think more people are paying for their own. Like, you don't want to have like a 10 year engagement because yeah. you're still trying to save up for the big day. People would rather buy a house and stuff, wouldn't they? Yeah, exactly. so 27,000. Yeah. I mean, I got married in 2006. My wedding wasn't £27,000. It's out of control, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people are paying for that completely by themselves. Yeah. And, you know, I said, you know, if you live in London, you're trying to get on the ladder, you've got other things to mm. be paying for. It's a really expensive thing. Yeah. Do. Well, talking about my brother yeah. storming out the house, they also were going through a period where it was literally every weekend was back to back. But they were just like, we're just going to be another one. Yeah. And so they got married in Chelsea Registry Office with a comment about how many people. Really small wedding. I mean, not that small, but... Not huge. Yeah, and they got a London bus and they went and had a really nice lunch. I think it was at the Orange. Yeah. And just did something really different and decided not to spend all that money. Yeah. And they also wanted to get married quite quickly. So after he'd made us all wait for so long, (laughs) he suddenly decided to do it quite quickly. And I don't know, there was just something really fresh about it. So I think... Yeah, spent £27,000 to be happy. No, definitely. It's a vast amount of money, isn't it? It's It's about the wedding, it's about the marriage. Exactly. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. On the subject of weddings, apparently more and more couples are shunning a traditional stag or hen for a hag or stand-do. Did I say that right? Yeah, hag and stand, yeah. Millennials are ripping up the rule book when it comes to planning their weddings, as my brother did, shooing age-old traditions and cliched blowouts for more personal and budget-friendly touches, including the stag and the hen-do. How do you feel about combining the two I was asking my husband about this last night because I'm what a rubbish I've been on a couple but they've been they were where I used to work it was quite a big office and we'd always not always but for the bigger personalities they always wanted like a kind of work thing and yeah it was always mixed so it was always a hag do it was only for like one night so they still obviously then went off and did their their own hen and stags but yeah it was really fun I think I'm sure it's fun it's a bit weird to do before you're married but how do you separate that from any other night out oh you still do all like the silly games and kind of together yeah it's just there's men and women there I think it's strange to do it with the bride and the groom both going to the same party together but I like the idea of having mixed gender personally I don't think there's a problem with that I think you should have like your closest friends whether they're a guy or a girl oh I agree I think that's really nice actually if you are a girl that has lots of guy friends I think yeah if I did get married that's definitely what I'd do because I've got an equal split and there's no way I'd want to have a hen do and not have like half of my closest friends there I thought the point of this was that you were combining I think that's one element of it by having it together yeah when I've been on them the other half who we didn't really know hasn't been there it's just a mixed gender sort of celebration well I'm a real traditionalist and I've only ever been on a hen do with all girls Georgina yeah maybe I, it's our age I think it yeah we're just you know the dinosaur hen age I had a hen do we went to Porto Venus near Marbella did it for nice. went to some nightclub we couldn't pronounce so it sounded like chlamydia so we just called it chlamydia all night. <laughs> it was proper you know penis straws all that silly silly business and then I even got home and had like a sort of hen I guess early evening garden party type thing where my mother-in-law and my mother came Ooh. because we kind of thought and a few others that hadn't been able to come abroad because they were pregnant or things like yeah. that so I ended up sort of going more with two, two hen one of which was like multi-generational mm. and one which actually I really enjoyed because that was quite fun and it was quite a nice like sort of connecting moment with my future mother-in-law yeah. I well, think but she you... didn't have to witness all the other stuff no, well, like, I, I'm, I'm happy hen-do. to say that because I did go on a hen which was multi-generational and we were playing I Have Never and <laughs> what's your favourite sex position in front of her mother did oh, she no, enjoy no, it no, no, none of those mind she opened up what, and she sort of sat there and thought about her answer I was like just say something because now look, that's so now awkward. you're telling the truth yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've just walked away from that and I was like never never yeah. never no that seems to be more common now yeah. I think you have a mm-hmm. sort of a family one and then you have you one do. with your your friends I just had one I also went abroad I went to Barcelona for mine we had penis straws <laughs> and a sash and that was it I was like that is oh, yeah, I can't imagine you with that was it, that uh, anything was it. I'm surprised else. you had a sash to be it was quite nice tasteful I wore, I wore a normal outfit That's I wore a feather bows no pink <laughs> but you know Bride-to-be. Bride-to-be. That's what it said. A bride-to-be pink sash and we had woolly straws and that was it. That was where the hen element of the weekend kind of started and ended other than I was with girlfriends. Yeah, that sounds like deal. We had no dressing up, none of that. Yeah, it was quite civilised. Yeah. But you would both, would you? Heather, if you could ever be persuaded to walk down the aisle, Mm. it would be a mixed... If I did have the choice, I'd probably want to. Because I would still want to do one with my very closest girlfriends, I think. But yeah, I definitely want to have some sort of party... 
with both. But this piece says something which I think is completely true. A, that men have much lower expectations than women when it comes to their own parties. And also, you know, is your partner's friend really looking forward to a boys' night out? Yes, of course. So you have to let them go and do that. Like, they're not going to have the same experience if it's you with them. That's why yeah. I just don't think, think combine. No, I don't think night. combine combine like that, no way. I also think there's so many hens and stag do's that people go on. It's probably quite nice to switch it up and not yeah. be the kind of the yeah. same formulaic routine that everyone yeah. has to go through. Yeah. So mm. I'm all for it. Agreed, agreed. I think that's a that's a very valid point. But yeah, I think keep keep the uh, bread and green apart. Yeah. Let's talk about getting in shape for summer, because whether you go to the gym four times a week or just about manage to squeeze in the old run every now and again. There are lots of workout and nutrition tweaks you can make now to help you feel more competent once you hit the beach. I was happy to see this. So as you know, I've recently been to Ibiza. I was very strict and I was in my routine. I'm actually going away on a family holiday on Saturday. I'm like, fuck, I've got four days. And last night, I said to my husband, I was like, mm, I don't think I'm going to drink this week before we go on holiday. Last night, he's like, you sticking to that? I was like, no, I'm ready <laughs> So I ended up having a gin tonic, we ate a bottle of rosé, and it was just such a nice evening. This weather is just, it's oh a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. We've talked yeah, about yeah. it, but it's really making me drink far too much. But yeah. I was looking, it said 10 days is enough. I was like, oh, it's four days enough. <laughs> what tweaks do people make to their nutritional or workout plans in the run-up to holidays that make a difference, do you think? Lou, do you do anything differently? I don't really. The only time I have done it that I can really think of is when the first time I went to Mexico a couple of years ago and I did the 30-day squat challenge and I had a blackboard in my living room and literally just like marked them off <laughs> every time. But that what, was it. What did that involve? How many minutes of squats? You build yourself up. So I think you do like 25 for the first day and then you go up to 30 and then 35. So you basically, you build yourself up five more a day. And did you notice a difference in your glutes? Like, maybe a tiny bit, but not really. And then as soon as I got on holiday, I was like, then just went straight away. So it didn't really do anything for me. But some people, it makes no difference. And do you do change what you eat and drink in the run-up? I mean, you're slim anyway, yeah, so... No, not really. Heather? Yeah, just try and up the gym sessions, I yeah. think. I'm quite good at not drinking in the week, so I think that kind of helps. Yeah. In general. Georgina? I book myself into more classes, but whether I end up going to them, the intention's <laughs> there. If anything, I guess it's maybe things like I would probably just cut out carbs in the evening, something like that, just something really quick that I feel I could maybe feel the benefit from and just not have that kind of oh, bloated, solid feeling knowing I've yeah. got to get into a bikini. Mm-hmm. I'm more likely to do that. But then my pitfalls on the plane. So if I've got a long haul flight and they're like, glass champagne, have some yes. nuts, da da da, I'm like, yep, ship it all in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you get off the plane, <laughs> bottling. <laughs> oh god so that was worth it so not huge amounts just bread probably. although I like what Louise Parker said which was don't cut carbs entirely because you just do rebound yeah, yeah. Too. Like, you need carbohydrates yeah. you need that fuel don't you the main things I would do actually is beauty prep like get your eyelashes in just get waxing get a spray tan get your hair done like those type of things I think yeah. that instantly will make me feel better rather than going to the gym a few days before and frankly there's nothing that makes you feel better about your body than spray tan exactly really. well one of the points it said was forget cardio when it comes to losing weight and toning up I went to the gym this morning I was like forget the weights and I just did cardio so clearly I need to switch that up that did make me like oh yeah I keep forgetting that because I only really do cardio I I need to be really really in the zone to go for weights let's say but the point I always go back to is that your abs are made in the kitchen and your diet is going to give you 70% better results than going to the gym. Combination of both, that's mm. what you need. Yeah. Are there any workouts you feel that particularly give you results? Tor wrote a piece on seven of the Capitals' toughest workouts and they included things like Barry's, obviously, BXR, KXU and various others. Well, I did a workout at my gym yesterday that I hadn't done before, which was called Fit Fight, which I I think it's something they've probably just come up with but it was a combination of boxing kickboxing using the bags with then when your partner's doing that you buddy up and then you're doing burpees or squats or jump lunges or something Burpee quite high impact I know they're horrible so pelvic floor children boxing gloves as well. <laughs> and one that you take the boxing oh, gloves off and then every time you put the boxing gloves on you're like oh my god these are so sweaty and every time I finish before the cool down I'm like I've just got to go and wash my hands oh you need um, your own but, boxing gloves oh my god it was amazing I woke up this morning and I'm like god my shoulders are you tight feel it. I love I that I yeah, feel the most... pain in my muscles and I love that. So yeah, I'm I booked too. in tomorrow. Oh, to go and again. it was called 
Fit Fight at the train station in Wandsworth. I'll give them a shout out because it's a great gym. And yeah, um, I normally do hit there or spin. And I just felt like something else. And I can't normally get to the class because of the school run, but they're on holiday, so I can. So I think boxing is good. And also when you twist, it's really good for your waist yeah. and your abs to do that twisting movement. And it goes really quickly. It's not like lifting a dumbbell on repeat. Yeah, It's dull. active, dynamic. I like the idea of doing a challenge. You can do lots of these. Yeah, they're really good. I've also done a few when you sign up to a kind of a new set of classes. And I'll do like a two-week unlimited trial. And I did that a few months ago with bar core, and I went every other day, and that really made a difference. It was only two weeks, but I felt so much kind of more toned and just kind of longer, and just felt so much better in myself. And that I think those really help sometimes. On the subject of food, fitness, and getting in shape, we also wrote a piece on six reasons you shouldn't count calories. Been on here a calorie counter? Not anymore. I, well, I do a bit, but yeah, I think one of the points in the piece is that it can trigger an unhealthy relationship with food, which mm. is definitely something that happened to me a few years ago I lost quite a lot of weight and yeah was using like that kind of my fitness pal app and it, it was amazing I think we kind of spoke about it in the podcast last week you do really realize by using those apps just what's in certain foods that you thought mm. you know a healthy snack to have and then you're like oh hang on these are really bad for you but it's definitely at the time I stopped using it because I was getting really obsessive because I think those apps do kind of yeah, make you yeah. know you're scanning everything you eat and yeah. you're really thinking about it all the time which is great at first but I think it can really yeah and as Fran mm. Phillips who was the nutritionist at me interviewed for this piece said you know, not all calories are equal and you know you might have a bowl of fruit with 100 calories worth yeah. of fruit in and 100 calories worth of sweets but obviously your food your body is going to process those yeah, calories yeah. and those foods so differently yeah oh god I've always been quite a calorie counter I'm actually really trying not to but I've calorie counted for years yeah. and years and years and I, yeah I don't think it's healthy and I'm really trying to move away from that mm. and listen to my body but yeah I think it's good to know like I think it's so easy to overeat without realising you are so you make a healthy salad but because you've put some certain mm. things in it can suddenly be 800 calories when lunch should roughly be say 600 mm. and then just doing that all the time can make you put on a bit yeah. of weight over time thinking it's healthy when it's not but yeah from my experience I try not to think about mm, that yeah. to just focus more on exercise I know you were saying abs are made in the kitchen but I try and do it the other way around a bit more now because yeah. otherwise I think you can get a bit I think obsessed. you just need to understand the nutritional value in what you're eating. Yeah. As you said, there might be, you know, as many calories in avocado and a chocolate bar, but exactly. like you're going to get much more from that and yeah. understand that and have, a, you know, a balanced, nutritious meal, yeah. really. And, and also, if you want something, have it. Exactly. exactly. Well, I've just never counted them. This doesn't really feel like news to me. I think for me, I'm always more interested in fat and sugar. So I know calories obviously related to sugar, but... You know, the war against sugar and saturated fat and things like that. To me, there's so much common sense around eating and I think it can get really overcomplicated mm. and it's so faddy. I just think unprocessed, unrefined, low food miles, seasonal, mm-hmm. and then have treats when you want treats. Yeah. They're called treats for a reason. Mm. So keep I it s- that way. I s- yeah, I, I mean, you're so right. Ages ago, there was that new signposting system that had come out that was going to be in shops and it was going yeah. to say kind of, was it 400 400 800 or something or there was something where it was meant to talk about the calories yes traffic lights i don't know if i've seen that much around and they were going to be in especially things like kind of fast food outlets and Mm. to sign i think that's the plan they're still talking the restaurant industry of all menus having calorie i think the restaurant industry is kind of the worst actually because you know good food what they would say salt and butter yeah of course food really good and and actually so often your order some vegetables and some fish and there's a bit of sauce but actually that sauce is just yeah. flavoured butter yeah. mm-hmm. really and yeah. you don't see it being made so you don't really know what goes into no, it and not sometimes you can't even taste the butter yeah. So yeah, I think from what I've read, yeah, the industry, the restaurant industry, is a bit worried about that coming into force because it's going to potentially put a lot of people off ordering certain things. And then yeah, is the quality going to go down if they then don't add all the nice, flavorful things as well? They have to reformulate so many recipes. Exactly. Something about how there are less calories in a Big Mac than in a McDonald's salad or something. Yes. There's some Mm. shocking. I remember that statistic. I think if they do that, kind of takes out the magic of 
like going out for dinner like you just exactly. want to go out and just like have a nice dinner exactly. and not have to be, yeah. you know if you're so conscious of that it's only going to make you become more aware I completely agree um, I do too but you know that's my approach like I work hard yeah. in the gym yeah, of and I'm healthy when I'm at home but when I go out I want to enjoy myself that's yeah. what it, you're there but for. you know you go out to some French restaurants or really rich restaurants yeah. and it, I think we'd all be horrified yeah. if we could see I mean my cousin who's <laughs> an amazing cook Zara's Kitchen little shout out Zara <laughs> what an amazing caterer I highly recommend her but she cooked a dinner party for me and came to my house and did it and I saw her making the pudding and she literally took an entire pack of butter and put it in the pan. You don't need to know that, just just taste it. No, but, but actually that's so bad for you. <laughs> but you don't have to eat the whole pudding. No, <laughs> no you don't, you don't. But And you don't have it all the time, you're not eating that every yeah, single night. I so know. God, I'm not. And I, yeah, I totally enjoy going out, but it would definitely take the magic away, totally. I think. Maybe ignorance is bliss. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> eat salad the next day. <laughs> yeah. Actually, my favourite thing is Andy Cass at the Dorchester and there's a tasting menu, which if you're ever in the market for a really special treat, they do a seven course tasting menu. Mm. It is just... The stuff that dreams are made of. I can rate it more. It's got three Michelin stars and it's just magical. Wow. Oh my god. On the subject of health, uh, apparently there are lots of benefits of taking a cold shower. Proven time and time again by science. From increasing your libido to helping you lose weight, countless studies have proved that a splash of cold water on a daily basis can only mean good things for your body. Well, I have my shower so hot. <laughs> my husband so gets in after me and he's like, fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely scolded. I have heard there's something about yeah, women tend to have much hotter showers. <laughs> I do exactly same. The same yeah. with the bath. Like, oh yeah. my god, I have his foot in my yeah. bath. <laughs> Scream. If it's not like that, it's not a good bath for me. My boyfriend is well. He'll kind of put his hand in and be like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like yes, oh, I like it. I know me too. Well, luckily, I'm not a depressive person because apparently a cold shower is a good antidepressant, which I can believe actually. Mm going to wake you up isn't it if you're feeling a bit yeah. down in the dumps yeah it's definitely refreshing isn't it anyone here partial to a cold shower Lou that's a no from you although I normally start very hot and then I once read that if you wash your hair in cold water it makes it yeah. shine so just at the very end of the shower I'll turn off the hot and then have it really cold for about three seconds that's what I do oh, I've heard yeah. that yeah. And then... very shiny hair I'm now sitting here looking at your shiny hair well there we go that's my special trick it's meant to seal the ends yeah. or seal the yeah. seal the, the follicles that's yeah. It. Yeah. so yeah just very quickly at the end and then you do feel quite refreshed and sort of but makes that, you get out quicker. Is that going over your whole body or are you just like leaning back just no, ahead? No, I'm, I'm definitely under it and you kind of feel it gradually go from hot to cold. Yeah. And yeah, it doesn't last very long. But my boyfriend, especially in the heat now, he is obsessed with taking cold showers. I have one before bed. At the yeah, moment. I think before bed's yeah. a really good idea. Heather, yeah, cold shower? A little bit. I do like one here and again, but I was mainly thinking, again, living down in Brighton, the water's freezing. Even at the moment, it's pretty cold. What do you mean the water's freezing? In the sea. Oh, right. Yeah, the sea water's <laughs> freezing. <laughs> But I do keep going swimming. And do you in the sea? Yeah, and you get used to it after five minutes, and it's amazing. But just like floating there in this cold water, I always feel amazing so, yeah. afterwards. So you just pop after work and go and have some in the sea? Occasionally, not so much at the moment because I'm not getting back in time for the key moment. But yeah, weekends I'll go. So the last good. few weekends I've gone sort of five or six times because it's only a two minute walk from where I live. Yeah. So I'll just wake up in the morning, oh, wow. go for a swim, go for a swim for bed. Nice. It's lovely. It I mean, it's worthwhile. Yeah, but that's why I'm down there. It doesn't stay that nice for long usually. So it's amazing that at the moment it is actually hot enough to kind of yeah, get in. You. But I do feel amazing. Even I try and go from sort of May to October, depending on what the weather's like. But even in October, when it's really cold, once you've got used to it and you come out, I just feel like a new person. Yeah. There's something nice, especially when you swim in the sea when it's really cold at first, yeah. and then it's so refreshing. Yeah. yeah, it feels amazing. Yeah, so that makes sense with the cold showers thing, perhaps. Do you have any cold showers? Well, I had two months of cold showers when I went backpacking around Central America and it was like 80% humidity and we were in hostels and there is no hot water. So I got quite used to it actually every day and I think body's fine. It's when you put your head under, that to me is the real shock feeling. And it's the same when I go swimming in the sea and it's cold. I'm fine kind of up to my neck and then it's that sub- full submerge that just makes me go, oh, 
oh, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Now I'm full on like going, getting. Yeah, like, just in, gotta get your head under, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, quick. Yeah. Yeah. My husband's so slow in the shower, I should just turn the hot water there's also a fact in here to say that cold water exposure increases testosterone levels and boosts libido in men. Yeah. <laughs> it's also good for soothing sore muscles. Sore muscles, obviously, they have ice baths, mm. don't they? Well, in the hot weather at the moment, what I've been doing every night is rather than having a full cold shower, is actually just sitting on the edge of the bath and washing my kind of knees downwards yeah, in ice cold water from the tap. And honestly, you get into bed and you feel like you've had a cold shower yeah. and you're like, your feet are clean because you're walking around in bare feet around the house, so everything gets a bit grubby. And I just that to me makes such a big difference. Mm. I think washing your feet before you get into your sheets is just something, even if you haven't had time for shower, yeah. just something like clean feet in yeah. your sheets. Feels so fresh. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the beauty products to buy abroad because a lot of us, when we go on holiday, stock up on certain things. There are lots of French brands, they're the ones that spring to mind. Are there any others that people recommend? I mean, I always stock up on OPI nail varnish and SE in the US because yeah. it's definitely cheaper in Dwayne Reed than yeah. <laughs> over here. I love Dwayne Reed. I love a bit of Dwayne. I've spent hours Same. in Dwayne Reed. Are there any other products that people recommend buying when you're abroad? I have a bit of a hero product in our household if you suffer from insect bites this is without a doubt the best thing ever and we have my daughter gets a big allergic reaction so we have tried everything and it's called Onctos and you buy it in French pharmacies and there's two and one of them has 1% hydrocortisone in it and that's the one you need and it is incredible it brings your bite down in half an hour and it stops it itching and you just keep putting a little bit on and within a day it's gone so I come back with tubes and tubes and tubes (laughs) of this stuff and I did actually Google to see if you can get it here and it does seem that on a French website called Soin et Nature which I think must mean health and nature you can get it I didn't go as far as to looking into the shipping information so it might be worth double checking that's the one you need for bites Heather, Lou, anything that um, you're partial to? Speaking of French brands, I always get Avene SPF 30 because you can only buy 50 in the UK. And I know we should always use 50, but sometimes you want a bit of 30. Apparently you don't need more than 30. Yeah. Well, that's what Dr. Cluck said okay. on the show. Well, yeah, that's what I always suck up on. The thing that caught my eye on this list was Dr. Nigma Talib, who's amazing, suggesting that people suck up on melatonin, which you can take in supplement form. You can buy it over-counter in the US. I actually did get my husband to buy it when he was in the US recently and it's not as good as Puritan. Yeah. <laughs> I can confirm that I ran out of Puritan last night. I had a melatonin. I was still awake at 1.30. Oh. And I know. Yeah, but people do swear by melatonin. Although at a sleep event that we did, the sleep expert said to somebody's question in the audience it's not okay to keep taking melatonin but well, that's what I thought I think it's only available on prescription over here isn't it but I think anything like that I'm a bit scared of yeah, yeah there's obviously a reason why they've done that exactly I thought it was magnesium that was meant to help you sleep it does and magnesium you can buy here yeah um, you the prescription but melatonin you cannot write yeah, right prescription yes magnesium mm. is good in fact I thought to myself this morning I must go and restock my magnesium because I'm out of it at the moment finally we also wrote a piece last week on the 12 beauty products worth investing in and they included things like La Mer their moisturiser I mean anything La Mer I think is worth the money Aribe dry texturising spray which I talk about all the time which is just horrendously expensive but it's just unbeatable anything skin ceuticals it's the brand that dermatologists always recommend is there anything that you will always spend your money on when it comes to beauty that you won't cut corners on Georgina I'm using a combination of things by Abaji, which is through a dermatologist. You can't just buy it. Retinol, things like that. And there's a Abaji Vitamin C Day Serum, which is definitely at the top of my budget. I think it's about £100. Yeah, it's supposed to be good. Um, but there just comes a point where you just got to invest in certain mm-hmm. things. But then the thing I never invest in, maybe I should be, someone might be able to tell me, are things like cleansers. I'm just like, get the makeup off. Whereas things that sit on my skin for hours, I would rather pay the money for those. Hannah, is there anything you always buy skincare-wise? I know last week we talked about makeup and there yeah. were lots of money-saving tips. Honestly, I bought two of those after we were speaking about them in podcasts. I got the uh, Revolution Concealer, uh, concealer. Amazing. and the Maybelline brow ah, thing as well. So yeah, even I good. the things we were speaking about. And when it comes to skincare, I've been really quite bad with skincare until quite recently. Again, I don't know if it's just because I've turned thirty. I'm like, right, I need to actually start. You've got amazing yeah, gorgeous skin. Yeah. I'm I know, thinking that. You're amazing. 
skin. My though. sister hates me because I've never really done a face wipe if I can be bothered. Sort of Very lucky. Annoying. Yeah. yeah. Do you sit in the sun ever? No. That's yeah. thing. I've got like a, a really big history of skin cancer in my family, so I've just always been like really, really careful. I've had it like, drilled into me, yeah. so I've always got. And it's hot SPF and tight, on. isn't it? It is. I'm not wearing. <laughs> I'm not wearing tights today. Oh my lord! I'm wearing Jesus. socks and sandals, which you'll absolutely hate. Okay, but, um, right. We'll move on. <laughs> we'll move on. But I'm not wearing tights. But I did buy some Elemis stuff quite recently. Again, off the back of uh, oh, watching so her, good, isn't it? But it wasn't even a sales thing. But I was just like so into the whole thing. It sounded amazing. So I did actually buy some of that pro collagen cleansing oh my bar. God. Isn't it great? It's amazing. I've never. It was sixty eight pounds, which I've never spent anything like that on yeah. any kind of skincare stuff. But I'm obsessed with it. it smells like a spa as well. It I didn't think it would take off all my eye makeup either and it does yeah. Uh, yeah so I'm completely obsessed with that but that's the most I've ever spent on anything yeah. I really I'm still really need to it but I, yeah, oh I'm obsessed God, already I think my cleanser oh, it's really good it's it just smells this balm so you just put straight on your face and it just kind of melts it away and then with a hot flannel you just kind of brush it off and it smells amazing it takes all my eye makeup off in one go mm, so good yeah QVC here you yeah. go yeah Elvis is big on QVC yeah <laughs> And Lou? I use quite a bit of Fresh, which isn't insanely expensive, but maybe a little bit more. Their soy cleanser is the so one good. for me. And I probably spend a bit more on shampoo and conditioner than I do on beauty. I just hate thought of like, you know, the shampoos and conditioners that you can buy in the supermarkets and they've just got lots of sulfates in. And I just don't think they're very good for coloured or frizzy hair, which I'm definitely so going to. So I use Purology. I think it's vegan shampoo and conditioner, which smells amazing. Um, and the George Northwood tea. Yeah, exactly. They love yeah. Purology. I got it from them. So, yeah. How much is that? that then, sort of, for a shampoo? Shampoo and conditioner, I think it's about 30 together, which isn't too bad. And do they last quite a long time? Because I think that's what's put me off spending money on yeah, shampoo. Yeah, I mean, I don't before. wash my hair that often, so it lasts me a couple of months. Okay. And you actually only need a tiny bit. A tiny bit. Tiny amount. My friend who worked at L'Oreal yeah, says you literally need a tiny amount of shampoo. And I actually find the more I use, the quicker I then need to wash it afterwards. It mm. always gets greasier mm. if I've used more. Okay, so I thought you had to double shampoo. I have no, heard of double, double shampooing. shampooing. First shampoo just gets off the like excess pollution yeah. and oil, yeah. particularly in London. And the second shampoo actually does what it's yeah. meant to do. Uh, That's what I've heard, but I don't. If you're do washing it. it every other day, yeah. Well, anyway, so maybe it's not the cold shower, Lou. Maybe it's Purology that's the secret maybe, to your maybe. shiny locks. <laughs> Um, on that note, we will leave it there. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.